Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Reading the Bible can be difficult. Not to mention understanding it. Having a disability, whether blindness or another, can be difficult too. Sometimes a person wonders if God is even there. Yeah, but in room 4216... God shows us his path and we find... We are not alone. Hi, everyone. It's Pastor Dave. And it's Cecilia. Good to be back with you again here in... in 4216. And today we start a new book. How exciting. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. It's going to be a fun challenge, though. It's the book of Job. How about we just jump right into it and just start right away with the introduction of the book of Job. In the land of Uz, there lived a man named Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys. And he had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to take turns holding feasts in their homes, and they would invite their, sis- their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would send and have them purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, Perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. Wow. Job was wealthy, and it seems like he was a very pious, very good, godly man. Yes, he was. (laughs) But uh, listen to what happens now. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Oh man, what a disaster. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the sky and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Oh. Not a good day. But, while he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Mm. This is sounding familiar. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, (sighs) Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house. 
when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house, and it collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Man, even Hollywood couldn't make something so atrocious, so many calamities all on one day. No, no. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then, get this, then he fell to the ground, not in sadness or despair, but he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. I wonder how many of us could do that. But that's the whole point as we're introduced to Job, how righteous and good he was. Moving into chapter 2. Job was afflicted with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die! He replied, You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. Now, Cecilia, I have a feeling you didn't read verse after verse after verse. You you kind of did a little bit of skipping of some verses there, didn't you? Uh, who, me? Yeah. Yeah, well, I did. And we'll get to that later. Okay. But first of all, why don't we talk about just exactly when and what and where and who and all that stuff about this book. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. That, that, yeah, that's important. That's important. Um, from the language and from the use of the words, especially the way the word God shows up, um, it's a Hebrew word. Shaddai. Shaddai. And with that word, it indicates it's an earlier time, uh, around the time of Abraham or a little bit later, but before Moses. Really? I mean, I was surprised when we read this. It it also mentions the land of uh, Uz, which uh, again is a a portion of the land that Abraham uh, gave to one of, uh, I think it was his his, his nephew. And uh, so... Uh, it, it, it's in kind of that time, the patriarchal time, before it became a fortified country under King David.
And now to the authorship. Do we really have to do the author? I mean, does it really matter? Maybe not to some, but I'm always curious who writes these books. I mean, ultimately, God okay, writes it, but... Okay. Well, that's what I was thinking. Okay, did Job write it? No. No, we're pretty sure. In fact, we're very sure that Job did not write it. But the thing is, we don't know exactly who did write it, and it could have been a couple of people. Um, some even say that perhaps Moses wrote parts of it. And if that were the case, obviously it was transmitted person to person, family to family. Strong, tight oral culture makes sure it's exactly transmitted so that then Moses could have written it down on parchment uh, or, or paper. Mm-hmm. Stephen said that it might have been carried to Egypt by Moses to encourage people, uh, encourage the Israelites in the midst of their suffering. Ah, okay. I guess that does make some sense. Who wrote it then? Mm-hmm. Some say that it was... Hate uh, it when you're right. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when women are right. They're always telling me what to do in my life. Talk about oh, suffering! Uh, yeah, poor thing. I'm sorry. No, you're not, but that's all right. Mm. Some say that it was a friend of Job's, whom we'll talk about later. Ah. Uh, but that he uh, he would have been there during uh, all these talks that, that we'll read, that, that he and Job and the others had. And, and so he'd remember what happened. And so maybe he wrote at least the part of, uh, where they're talking together. And that I like that. That makes sense because, you know, we always hear about Job, the man who suffered and who was patient under his sufferings, and, and there are these discourses or conversations back and forth. To have the a, one of the three who were there with the discussions to be one of the, to be the writer. I think that's a very uh, interesting concept. Okay, okay. So... Oh. So, uh, as far as authorship, we're not sure, but we know that it was inspired by God and that it is here in the full Bible. Certainly for our learning and understanding. Absolutely. What else should we say about the, the book of Job, what we've covered so far? Well, we've read about these sores oh, that Job gosh. got. We looked at a commentary, oh, and one of the commentary footnotes says it's, it's, it's like boils. Mm-hmm. The skin is peeling off. And that, that you've, it, he could have had fever, um, that he could have, he certainly had some depression, uh, sleepless nights. It the, even referred to a horrible breath, terrible uh, look. Just, it was hideous to look at him. And it truly, it does, we'll find out in, a, in, in, in our next section or, or so that the, the people who saw him didn't even recognize mm-hmm. him. So, again, we don't know exactly what disease. I'm kind of a medical buff. I like to know things about diseases and such, but we don't know. The, the, some said at one point that it could have been a kind of leprosy, but leprosy yeah. was kind of a generic term for yeah. a bunch of skin disorders and right. such. Right, right. Um, but uh, as far as the, the, the scraping with the pottery shard. Um, 
you know, a pottery shard, it's a piece of pottery. Like I have a, 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 a kind of, it's, it's called Pyrex, a glass dish that I make uh, things and I put it in the oven with. Mm-hmm. And when it breaks, it has those sharp edges. Oh, yes. Well, that's what pottery shards are. It's, it's a piece of clay pot that broke. And so to think about him taking and scraping oh. across his skin, that sounds painful, but that it. was better than the pain he was suffering because of these boils and skin. This guy really was suffering. As a parish pastor, I have and do go in to visit people in the hospitals, and I have had several rather uh, gruesome situations in visiting people, people with cancer and and, and other diseases that it's just, I'll be honest, not a pleasant thing to be in the room with them because of the suffering and the anguish they're going through. And as we heard about Job in this last section, that's what it reminded me. A really gruesome sight. Well, I pulled the book of Isaiah off the bookshelf. The book of Isaiah? Mm-hmm. And I'd like to start reading in chapter 53 at verse 2. Okay. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Oh, hold it. Now, I've got to say, I was thinking about Job. This does describe Job, but I was, this is also done on Good Friday. Yes, it about is. About Jesus. Okay. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. And we esteemed him not. Wow. That really does describe Job and his setting. But now I see why it's also used on Good Friday as it describes Jesus the same way. There's a parallel here. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Mm. It moves from the regular human suffering and anguish that Job has, that we sometimes have, to Jesus. And to think this was written... After Job, but before Jesus was even born. And Jesus was afflicted by God. Something the friends of Job's will find out said he was, and Job showed he wasn't. But yet Jesus willingly did for you and for me.
I love how Jesus comes alive and how again and again we see throughout the Bible his suffering and death works out our salvation. Yeah. yeah. But we need to get back on track with Job again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's recap a little bit. Okay. So we got a guy who's rich, right? Yes. Got lots of stuff. Yes. Family. Yes. He's really pious and he's, 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 he's a faithful, trusting man. Mm-hmm. The greatest uh, in the East. And then all of a sudden, whammo. First he loses his... Uh, first he loses the, the donkeys and the oxen. Then he loses the sheep and the camels. Okay, two. Then he loses... I think it's, it's his sheep, camels, and kid, and then his kids. So that's four. And then he gets all these boils and sores. Ah, okay. So that's where we are. So but now there's actually one more thing to add to all of this. I was just going to say that. Thank God, there's nothing else he can lose. No, there is, there is, and you kind of breezed over it. And I, I bear with us, everybody. We'll, uh, in between time, Cecilia's been saying to me, "We kind of have a little bit of hope here," and it's like, <laughs> we'll get some, maybe, 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 maybe. Verse nine, reread that. Verse chapter nine, two. Oh, oh, verse nine of chapter two. Okay. His wife said to him. Are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. Okay. Here we have his helpmate, his wife, his best companion saying to him that he should curse God and die. So not only does he have the physical sores and loss of everything, now he's lost his wife. He's lost the one who's supposed to support and help him. And and you almost get the idea here that, and this happens a couple other places in the Bible, and you you can see it in life sometimes, when when people kind of, hey, you've lost it all. So they turn on you. She's literally almost turning on him. You've lost everything. She's angry. She's Mm. bitter, probably. Let's face it. She's lost her kids. She's lost her wealth, too. That is true. And she probably realizes that Job is the reason, or somehow related to it. She's got to blame someone for this. That's right. That's right. That's right. And so, uh, you know, I guess the woman's just getting back at the man, because the man uh, blamed, you gave her to me, God. 
Uh, yes, Eve. back in Genesis. As ah, a joke, really. Uh, yes. <laughs> but that is what we humans do, isn't it? We like to blame. And so she does. And so she's angry and bitter and says, just get rid of it all and die. It's, it's as though she's saying, commit suicide. Ooh. Yeah, she is. About suicide, I was just thinking about a composer, Hugo Ditzler. He composed music uh, in the 1930s. He was a church musician and and choir director. And we sang some of the arrangements that he did uh, when I was in choir in college. Mm. And uh, he died in 1942, right in Mm. the middle of World War II. Mm -hmm. He committed suicide. Mm. And to me, it's... It's just so sad hearing some of the arrangements that he did that someone would just throw their life away like that and despair. Well, don't be so sure he did it out of total despair. What do you mean? Well, there's several reasons why people commit suicide. Uh, Okay, such as? Well, despair is one. There's no hope, nothing left. And that's really related to the spiritual, that God doesn't like me, hates me. What we were talking about with Job, or what his wife is trying to say there. Right, right. Okay. But there are also situations that some people are put in, especially as we have heard and seen and read about in uh, such atrocities as World War II, that they did so simply to escape this present world of, of certain death anyway from more misery that it would bring. And also then there are some people who have a mental illness that the, the trigger just flips and they do it without any control whatsoever. Okay, and then of course there's the, the, those that are in physical pain and say, I can't take this physical pain. Mm-hmm. But... Okay, you're saying then that there are different uh, reasons for committing suicide. Uh, does that mean that you are in favor of assisted suicide? No. No, I'm not. But I'm sympathetic to some situations. But that doesn't mean I agree with them. Um... First, I got to admit, this is a difficult subject. Suicide um, is never easy to talk about. No, it's not. No, it's not. We speak in the Bible uh, about different degrees of punishment in hell. The axe murderer who does it just for the glee of murder won't be suffering nearly as much as the, the, the very pious good person, but who didn't trust in God. And and we speak about degrees in heaven 
where where some will have done greater things and have more honor, but there again, too, we're just all happy to be with God. Hmm. Sometime I'd like to talk about where you find these degrees, what what the Bible references are, but okay. we'll go for that. Another story. We'll, we'll go with, we'll In go the with that for now. same way, there are degrees of, of, of suicide going on. That one of absolute despair is, is really related to that internal relationship to God, which is totally different than, I got to get out of this physical pain. Okay, and how does the despair one, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm despairing of God, differ from the misery of this world's not going to change anyway? That's despair. It's, it's like your ways one and two are exactly the same. One is a despair based upon an internal spiritual and mental belief, where the other is based upon the physical, earthly uh, um, uh, uh, circumstances. And I think, going back to Job and his wife, this is kind of where maybe she was, um, looking mostly at the earthly, what good is there, uh, earth is misery, so just get it over with. Where her depth of, it, it seems to me, her depth of understanding of God was very, very shallow, if at all. Mm. Where, where someone who is truly despairing that God is angry and, and is punishing me, that's a whole different aspect. That's a killing because the pain is so deep uh, into the soul. Where sometimes it's a very shallow reason for committing suicide. The pain is hurting so bad on the outside, I can't even think on the inside. All right. Then I must ask this question. Mm -hmm. Is there ever any time? And people, we are blunt on this podcast and we're honest here. So is there ever any time when suicide is the right answer? No. I have to say it that way, no. Because if I said yes, I'd be giving free license to people to doing so. Mm -hmm. Um, So the answer is no, because God says don't take a life. But here is the thing. Here is the thing. I have actually conducted services of a, a, a person who did commit suicide. They literally, the, 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 he had some mental illness and he took in too much carbon monoxide. He was a mechanic mm-hmm. and it flipped the switch in his head. He didn't think straight and he killed himself. Mm-hmm. I knew him in his heart and in his soul and knew that this was not who he really is. So just, just for clarification, mm-hmm. uh, there are pastors who will not do a Christian burial or a Lutheran burial for someone who they believe has committed suicide Correct. in, for, uh, in despair or turning away from God. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's, I just wanted to clarify that for, for those who are I think the real, the, here, the real thing in, 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 is, is what is the motivation? Mm-hmm. Um, with the gentleman I'm speaking of with the mental illness, the motivation was he, he wasn't in control. The mental illness was completely in control. And so um, there I could say there is hope for those who commit suicide because God is greater than our sin. 
mm-hmm. because he died for our sin and he rose and defeated sin, death, and the devil. But for the person who says, I hate this world, I'm miserable, I want to quit this, I think I'll choose this, as Job's wife suggested, or as sometimes we hear, you know, I've got cancer and the doctor says I'm going to be in more pain next week, so I think I'm going to check out now. The answer would be no. No. Because the motivation is the wrong reason there. They would be doing so for one's own expediency versus out of control. Mm. That really makes a person think. I see our time is up for the podcast now, today. I, I have another question to ask. Uh, well, and it's a hard-hitting question. Uh, no, our time is up for no, today. No, no. Got to read this question. He, that is Job, replied, You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? So, Does God really send trouble our way? Well, as I said, our time is up for the podcast today. For the answer of that question and any other question that you may have... Oh, he's underhanded. You may come back next uh, lesson and also other questions send our way. Our email address is... Info, (laughs) I-N-F-O... Dot... At... Not... Dash alone, N O T dash A L O N E dot N E T. And don't forget to f- search us out on Facebook. Oh, yeah. You can look for uh, Pastor Dave Andrus, A N D R U S, or Room 4216 on any Facebook page. Until we see you next time, don't forget, we, we are, are not alone. alone. I will lead you who are blind by the ways you have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide you. I will turn the darkness into light before you and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake you. Do come back again to room 4216. Amy Grant, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, from her album My Father's Eyes, and our very talented interlude musicians, Robert Vaughn and Terry Nord.